what we did is we kind of said, okay, well, if we're going to do this, you know, we need to really sit down and make a list of everything we want to do before we have to take that plunge. Hi, I'm Anna Olson, and you're listening to We're Not Kidding, a podcast devoted to sharing stories surrounding the child-free life. As a life coach, I'm passionate about helping women feel confident and empowered in their choice not to have children. And I believe that by sharing our stories, we help break the stigma. So let's dive in. Hey, listeners, before we jump into today's episode, I was wondering if I could ask a favor. If you enjoy this podcast, would you consider giving me a rating on Spotify or a review on Apple Podcasts? It would really help this podcast reach others and support that mission of breaking the stigma and getting our stories out there. So if that's something you're up for, I would greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I've been really looking forward to this conversation today. Today's lovely guest has chosen to remain anonymous, which I totally support and understand, especially given the stigma around this choice. And I'm so grateful that she's still willing to come on to the podcast and share her experience as a child-free woman, which is no small thing to do, let alone to share your personal journey with anyone and to do so in such a public format through a podcast. So I'm incredibly grateful that people such as today's guest are willing to do so and put themselves forward in this way to help others feel less alone, especially with regard to this life path that receives a great deal of judgment and criticism. So thank you to all guests for coming on and helping us break the stigma and sharing our stories. And I know that was a big motivator for today's guest, hoping that her story might help someone else know that they are not alone, that someone else has been there and made it through. So I really love getting to know this person, and I think you will too. So without further ado, welcome to today's guest. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks for being on the podcast. No, thank you. I um, have been following your podcast for a long time, and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I think what you're doing is so important. I know we can't change things overnight, but I think little by little, Uh, you know, as we talk about this and and get the message out there and the movement gets more exposure that, you know, we can make a difference. So, so thank you for that. I think it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for being a voice in the movement because it takes, it takes us all. So I really appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, like you said, I am choosing to be anonymous today. Um, So I'm going to go by Kelly. Like like you said, a lot of reasons for that. Um, The main one though is just because of what I do with my career. So a little bit about myself. I am um, 40 years old. I'm a pediatric dentist. So I work with children all the time and I work with parents all the time, which I love. I don't really think any of them know that I'm choosing to be child-free. It comes up sometimes you know, they'll ask me if I have kids and I I just kind of say no, and I don't really uh, go too much more into it, but I don't think it'd be very good for business if they really knew how I feel. You know, I'm sure some of them would be okay with it, but just, I don't want to take that risk because I feel like, you know, it's important to just keep everybody happy in that realm. The the job is hard enough. I don't need to add more challenges to it. Right. (laughs) Um, 
So, so that's why, um, and there's, you know, there's some other reasons too, but a little bit more about me. I have been married for 10 years. My husband and I have been together for 15 years total. We met in dental school. So, you know, really with all the time that we've spent together studying and going through the same classes, cause we, you know, we were in the same class. We literally went through everything together. So it almost feels like we've actually been dating for more like 20 years. <laughs> we have spent a lot of time together, been through a lot. There's been a lot of challenges, but he's my best friend. He's the most important person in my life. And um, I'm just so grateful for him. I love him. We really enjoy our life together and our relationship is top priority over everything else which is really nice. And we have a four-year-old French bulldog that I am obsessed with. We both are. My husband would say I spoil him way too much and he's probably right, but (laughs) my child, you know, so I I treat him as such and I just enjoy treating him and playing with him. And so that's really been fun. Um, And I feel like having the dog, it kind of fulfills that nurturing role for me because I do really enjoy taking care of him and, you know, um, doting on him and just, you know, it's, it kind of satisfies that need for me. And so, you know, in terms of what we like to do, we love to travel. We are about to leave for Italy, actually, for um, our 10 year anniversary. um, Oh, wow. So I'm I'm looking forward to that (laughs) in a couple of weeks. Yeah. We love doing that. We love cooking. My husband is a better cook than me. I would say I love it, but he is like, he's very technically talented and He's been doing it longer than I have. So, but we love doing it together. Sometimes he has to kick me out of the kitchen, but um, (laughs) for the most part, it's something we love. We love to like make homemade pasta and, you know, just make all these elaborate dishes. And then that's really fun for us. And so to balance all the eating and, you know, the, the eating out, there's a lot of great um, restaurants here where we live. So, you know, we love doing like a multi-course tasting menu, dining Mm. experience with like the whole vibe and the wine pairing. That's like my love language. I just love doing that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's great. Um, so to balance all of that, you know, we're very into fitness and running. Also, I, uh, really love boot camp style classes and it's been nice getting back into that with the pandemic kind of just not being as, as serious anymore. So that's been really great. We love going to concerts. There's a lot of live music here where we live, which is awesome. I'm happy that's coming back. Yeah. Pandemic. Um, And then, you know, we love listening to music. We also love the outdoors. We love hiking and we love camping. Glamping is even better. There's like, you know, (laughs) well, air conditioning, maybe some electricity. That's always the best of both worlds, Um, (laughs) but we'll do the primitive way too. You know, we love stargazing and just being in nature. I feel like um, that's really good for both of us. And we kind of just feel rejuvenated after getting out in nature. I feel like it's so good for the soul. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, during the pandemic, we kind of picked up like a cocktail making hobby. We love to just like watch YouTube and, you know, get new recipes for cocktails and try them out and kind of sample them again. That's more my husband's domain, but I'm like the taste tester, which is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's really fun. But yeah, so, you know, my husband is my whole world. He's my best friend. We really just love going on adventures together and we love just being able to be spontaneous and, you know, just be like, Hey, did you have a bad day at work? Like, let's go on a date night and, you know, try to cheer each other up. And so it's nice to have that freedom. And then, you know, mental health is a huge priority for both of us. We have worked on our marriage a lot. We do couples counseling weekly. 
I have my own therapist. He has his own therapist. So we do it on our own as well. We both, um, myself, especially I have struggled with anxiety my whole life. I didn't really identify it as anxiety until I was older. Mm -hmm. Like things where I look back and I'm like, oh yeah, I've always been anxious. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I I know a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. That's just kind of some background on me. Cool. I related to so many things you said. My husband and I both love to cook too. I would say he is the more adventurous, more like skilled cook, but I love to get to like sample what he makes. And we also really got into cocktails over the pandemic and yeah, (laughs) it was fun. It's been fun. But also I just love how much you both prioritize each other, your relationship, and also your own selves, like through all of these different things, through the physical health, the mental health, the therapy. That's really inspiring to hear. Thank you. Yeah. We weren't always this healthy. We (laughs) I'll talk about more later. (laughs) Cool. So how did you come to the decision to be child-free? So I actually used to want um, three children. So okay. yeah, I always wanted kids. I have two brothers um, growing up. I thought it was perfect. We had a great dynamic. I thought it was nice to have, you know, two people to turn to, you know, cause there's different personalities. One was better for one thing. One was better for the other. And uh, we just loved it. Of course I was naive when I was younger and I didn't understand what all goes into having three children, you know, when you're right. young, you think it just magically happens and <laughs> <laughs> don't understand how hard that actually is. I never did a whole lot of babysitting when I was growing up. I just didn't really have the opportunity. And so, you know, I wasn't really around young kids a lot. So I don't think I really understood what all goes into that. But my husband is an only child. And so he only wanted one. And that was, you know, a discussion we had pretty early on. And I was like, well, you know, I'm open to whatever. Maybe we'll meet in the middle and have two, you know? Yeah. But I always knew that career was going to be something that was going to take precedent for a long time. And any of those things would be put on hold because, you know, we both knew that we had signed up for all of this training and schooling. So it was something that we just kind of put on the back burner. We got thrown into school and, you know, we didn't talk about it again for a long time. And then once we finished our training, because, you know, we did four years of dental school and then we had three more years of training after that, before we started our jobs. Once we finished everything, we moved to the town where we live now and we started our jobs and we were just really, really busy with that. It was uh, going from school to like actually practicing is kind of a shock to the system, you know? Right. Yeah. Around that time, my older brother was diagnosed with cancer. So it was 2012. And so he died of cancer in um, 2014, two years later. So that was just a really difficult time. Wow. Yeah. I'm so sorry for your yeah. loss. Thank you. I appreciate that. And so when he died, that's when I moved here and my job started. So it was like, I was just trying to um, keep my head above water and like, just try to survive. And, you know, same with my husband because he's trying to support me, you know, and he's, his job was very, very stressful to begin with. And it's gotten a lot better now, but, uh, but anyway, so there was just no 
talk of having children again for several years. I was just focused on trying to help my parents deal with the loss and support them. And we were trying to make friends, you know, we're trying to move into a, our new place. It's just, it was a lot. It was a very difficult time. It was definitely a period where we did not prioritize our health. We were going out too much. We were just really trying to blow off steam in, in not good ways. So luckily that slowed down and we kind of saw the light and started getting into therapy. And so, you know, a couple of years passed, things kind of settled down. Um, we kind of learned how to live with everything. And around that time, uh, my 35th birthday came. And so it was like, okay, we need to sit down and, and make this decision and kind of talk about it more. Cause it was like, okay, the clock is ticking. <laughs> and so another thing that was going on around that time is a lot of my parents' friends were really feeling terrible for my parents having lost my brother. And, you know, I had a couple of them make the comment to me of, well, you should give your mom a baby, you know, that that's really going to help. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, that would really help her with her process. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, I understand what you're trying to say, but I'm grieving too. So like, I don't really appreciate that comment. Right. And that's not going to fix it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was started getting a lot of pressure from my parents around that time. Oh, okay. I think they were looking for something to kind of pull them out of that grief. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a very difficult time. It had kind of been something we could always postpone, but then we hit that time where we had to just really sit down and talk about it. What we did is we kind of said, okay, well, if we're going to do this, you know, we need to really sit down and make a list of everything we want to do before we have to take that plunge. Yeah. <laughs> all the trips we want to take, just all the things that we want to do that we know we can't do once we have the baby. Making that list, it wasn't easy. You know, it wasn't fun. It felt like this looming deadline, almost like impending doom. I hate to say it that way, but that, that's what it felt like for me. And I know he felt that way too. It just felt really heavy. I'll never forget the kind of the pivotal moment that changed everything. We were sitting, um, having brunch at our favorite, at the time, our favorite dim sum restaurant. And, you know, we're having these great mimosas and we're having this conversation and um, having a great time. And we were going over our list and he was kind of like, you know what, have you ever thought about the concept of maybe us not doing this? And he was like, we don't have to, you know, like nobody, nobody says that we have to do this. When he said that my whole world just kind of change. I remember just like it, this out of body experience of like, whoa, you know, the possibilities just started flooding my brain. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, of what life could be. And so that was what really changed everything. And I, I was like, wow, okay, well, you know, let's talk about this. What does it look like? And of course, immediately the first thing that popped into my mind is the fear of what are my parents going to think, you know, how am I going to tell them? And is that even something I have the guts to, to go through with, to tell them that it was the kind of thing where it's like, okay, you don't have to make up your mind tomorrow. You know, you, you take some time. And so that's when I like really threw myself into researching the, the decision. And I started listening to every podcast I could get my hands on every child-free article, documentary podcast. And I really wanted to kind of just learn more about women's lives who don't have children. Yeah. And just to kind of start to get some, some comfort and some bravery around knowing that I'm not the only one who's thinking about this. That was just so helpful, which is why, you know, I, I love what you're doing so much. And then I also wanted to do some research on the flip side of 
finding out what it's like to have a child. And so I listened to a lot of parenting podcasts and read a lot of articles in regards to that too. And I really wanted to try to find those who were speaking honestly about parenting. Yeah. And what it really is, because I feel like, and I know you and I have talked about this before, just kind of like the baby trap (laughs) in our society. There's this problem where I had a lot of my friends and my, you know, my mom telling me, this is the greatest thing in the world. If you don't do it, you're going to miss out. You're going to regret it. It's wonderful. Yet with my work, I'm seeing a different side of it. And when I'm out in public and we're at, you know, a restaurant or a grocery store or an airport and you see parents with their kids, it looks stressful. And it's like, I'm hearing them say that, but I'm seeing this, it doesn't really add up. So I started listening to some of those podcasts where people were really being honest about it and not being afraid and understanding that just because you talk about how difficult it is, doesn't mean you're not a good parent. And I wish people would do that more because it really is a trap. If you don't, if people don't understand what they're really getting into. Right. I feel like that's, that's, that's a really unfortunate. So I was really happy to find people who were talking honestly about it. And I did kind of like waver back and forth a lot during that time. And I was just really afraid of what are my parents going to think? What is society going to think? And I started thinking about, I'm never going to regret it. You know, and all the bingos that you hear that drive me crazy, (laughs) you know, like who's going to take care of you when you're older and that all that kind of stuff started to scare me. So, you know, I just really had a lot of long conversations with my husband about it. And we just tried to like visualize our life. And it's like, let's try to visualize our life with a child. What does that look like? Is that, is that something that we can even like imagine? Not only like a baby, but let's think about a 13 year old in our home. Does that fit our life? And we just couldn't visualize it fitting. We love our life the way it is and didn't want to give it up. And I didn't want to change it. And, you know, we had spent all this time. I'm not saying that, that other people don't also spend so many years of their life working on their careers and, and, and struggling. And, but you know, with what we do, we're both like doing this really long training. It's very intensive. We have these really difficult jobs. We finally got to a point where we got to settle into that. We were kind of hitting our stride with our jobs and getting more experience and getting comfortable with it, starting to, you know, to make some money. And it's like, do we really want to start all over again? Yeah, (laughs) we're finally at the point where we can travel and we have a little bit more freedom because we we sacrificed so much of our lives on our careers. And it's like, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to start all over again. Neither did he. So that was just always kind of the thing that, that really stuck in our minds when we did start to waver. And then the other thing um, was, I am just terrified of pregnancy. (laughs) Yeah. it, It really scares me. It's like, it's one of those things where it's not the same for anybody. Everybody has a different experience with it, you know? So you never know what you're going to get. You could be glowing and you could love it, or you could be vomiting every day, all day. You could go through so many mental health struggles. And as a person with anxiety and with, with my research, I have heard that if you are predisposed to anxiety and depression, then you're more likely to have this postpartum depression, depression, you know? Yeah. And I I learned that when you're weaning off breastfeeding, that can cause a depression and, you know, that can cause your hormones to get all out of whack. It's like, it just sounds like a lot. I felt, I feel like I would be so out of control. Yeah. Uh, And I am a control freak. I'll admit that's part of the anxiety is I want to control everything. (laughs) 
and learn to work through that in therapy. But when you get pregnant and you have a child, you're not in control of anything anymore. You don't know what your body's going to do. You don't know how it's going to change. You don't know what the childbirth is going to be like. Are you going to have to have a C-section? Are you going to like, is everything's going to rip? Are you going to have these health problems? You're kind of getting a glimpse into the way my mind works. just sounds scary. And then body image is another thing that I've always struggled with. And I still do. I had a friend tell me, luckily she was honest with me. And she was like, you know, if you struggle with body image, it's going to be a challenge because your body's going to change and you're not going to be in control of that. And I know that's something that I need to work through, but that I feel like that would just exacerbate it a lot. Yeah. Oh, I'm right there with you. Yeah. So those were kind of all of the reasons that I came to this decision. Wow. It's like so impressive to hear how, you know, you and your husband at the start both wanted kids. And it was when that time pressure was building at, and you were 35 and thinking, okay, it's like time to make the decision. And then you sat down and I love that your first thing that you did was to list all the things you wanted to do before you had kids and be like, okay, how are we going to prioritize these things and check them off? And then him being like, what if we didn't, what if we just didn't? And then that launching you into this research that you did, which was so, I, I, that just is so impressive to be not only looking at what is it like to not have kids, but what is it also like? to have kids and to weigh both sides so intentionally and so curiously, I think is really cool. And ultimately to come to such an intentional choice. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. And sometimes I feel like getting into my career, I didn't do enough research and it's like, Mm -hmm. I got there and I was like, Oh God, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. And I'm so glad that I did it. And I, I would never take it back, but Uh, That's part of the reason why I was like, okay, I want to know what I'm getting into this time. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And then like all the other stuff, like I am right there with you. I think pregnancy would be terrifying. I am anxious as well. I'm prone to anxiety and depression and I postpartum, all that stuff really concerns me, let alone any complications that could take place. And it's just like, these are the realities that aren't talked about. I think it's getting better. I'm seeing it acknowledged more, but it's not the messaging I grew up with. You know, it's more the pregnancy is incredible. Having a family is what you're supposed to do. Pregnant women glow, like all that stuff. And so romanticized. Totally. Yeah. You know, I just, I'm glad that we're kind of getting to a point where people are being more open about it. Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to your career and working with children, how has working with children and their parents validated your, your decision? And do you ever find yourself wavering at all? Working with children really influenced my decision big time. Um, I love children. Definitely want to, um, you know, make sure that's stated very clearly. I I love kids. And uh, that was a a big part of my hesitation because I was like, you know, I I just really love kids so much. I think that they are hilarious. You know, you never know what they're going to say. I love the way they view the world with such like wonder and they're just so full of joy and the world hasn't beaten them down yet. And so, you know, they have all this hope and, you know, they're just happy. And um, I love that. It's very contagious. But there's also a different side of it. You can be dealing with a three-year-old who one minute is like, so happy and bouncing off the walls and just full of joy. And then the next minute they're having a tantrum and they're screaming and they're uncontrollable, you know? So 
it, it's like I, I realized that children are very unpredictable. It's common knowledge, but I, I realized the extent of it once I started working with them. And I also started to realize that the sound of crying and screaming, I've gotten used to it, but it's still something that that will kind of like make my whole body tense up if I have to hear it for extended periods of time. <laughs> yeah. I grew up in a home where there was a lot of scream. My parents were always screaming at each other. That's a whole nother story. Loud sounds like that. I'm very sensitive to. Mm. I think the way I grew up. So luckily at work, I have my office where I can, you know, shut my door and do my notes and I can tune out the sound because obviously couldn't do this job if that that was that big of an issue. Another part of it is um, dealing with parents and realizing, you know, like you have a lot of these new moms who come in with these infants and you see how tired they are. You know, they talk about how they didn't get any sleep. You can see the anxiety. You know, a lot of them are just like, help me. I don't know what to do. We see, unfortunately, a lot of kiddos who come in with disabilities, which just breaks my heart almost every day that I'm at work. You know, we see somebody either with autism or cerebral palsy or even more serious, like cardiac conditions. And it's just so sad. It's, it breaks my heart to see what the parents have to go through, what the kids have to go through with their, you know, life being affected in that way. And I just, I'm terrified of that. I don't know if I could handle that. I'll be honest. There's that aspect of it. You know, the other aspect of it is you kind of see the responsibility that parents have to bear because you tell them, Hey, here's the thing. You have to help your kids brush and floss their teeth until they're like seven or eight years old, Mm. Uh, sometimes longer, depending on the kid. And when you tell parents that you almost see, like, they look at you, like you have a thousand heads, like what? It goes to show you that I think a lot of parents get into this without researching and without understanding that I am going to have to brush their teeth for several years. I am going to have to sometimes wipe their butts until they're five. I don't think a lot of parents think that through. And so inevitably a lot of them don't brush their teeth. And so of course they come back with cavities and you see how stressful it is for the parents to get that news. And to understand, you know, especially if their child has to be sedated, how stressful that is for them to have to pay for it, to have to watch their child go through it, for them to have to go through it. And it makes you think about all the other aspects of their life that are difficult, you know, like when they go to the doctor, what kind of news are they getting there? You know, if a child has to get braces, it's like you see the parent just being like, oh gosh, how am I going to pay for this? And, you know, I'm going to have to make all these trips to the orthodontist and So it it just kind of, it gave me a glimpse into how society is these days where people are busier than they've ever been, especially with a lot of people working from home. You know, a lot of people, they can't turn off work ever. They're working until midnight sometimes. Yeah. Uh, And so it's like, they're not going to have the time to do all these things for their children. Seeing a lot of parents come into our office, seeing how fried they are and knowing that they're burning the candle at both ends, seeing that struggle. So yeah, that's really affected my decision. And then, you know, yes, there have been times where I've wavered, you know, especially I think the main thing is when it comes to the issue of like giving and receiving love. I'm so lucky in that I have a husband who's very affectionate and he's not afraid to show his emotion. And so I get so much of that with our relationship. It's very fulfilling in that way. I show my friends a lot of love, my family, my dog, because I am a, you know, I'm, I'm a very affectionate person. My husband will probably tell you I don't snuggle him enough, but you know, I, <laughs> he's like snuggle bunny, like to, to the max. But um. <laughs> so you hear people talk about having a child is this love that 
you'll never experience anywhere else. And of course that's intriguing. And sometimes I feel like, oh, do I want to miss out on that? But I think it's like someone being an only child. If you didn't have siblings, you don't really know what you're missing out on. So if I don't know, then I feel like it's okay to go through life without it. Um, yeah. You know, I also think with that love comes a lot of hurt when you love somebody that much, they're inevitably going to look at you and say, I hate you, mom, you know, and that's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. You know, or they're going to hurt your feelings in another way. They're going to make you angry. Um, somebody's going to be mean to them and it's going to break your heart, mm. you know? And I once heard somebody make this analogy of like having children and parenting. It's like a roller coaster ride. The highs are really, really high, but the lows are really, really low. <laughs> And it's a lot of just this going up and down, but child-free life, I feel like it's more even keel. It's more predictable. I feel like it can be just as enjoyable, but without all the highs and lows. Right. That's kind of how I see it. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I won't feel that like exceptional love, but for my mental health, knowing myself, I know it's the right decision for me. Do I worry about regret? Yes. And does that kind of make me waver sometimes? It does, but I would rather regret not having a child than regret having one because I feel like that's not fair to the child. Right. That's a lot heavier of a regret. I feel like I was listening to a child-free podcast one time and it was this guy and he was 60 and they were saying, you know, have you ever regretted it? Not having kids. And he's like, you know, I do sometimes for a minute and then I'll get up and I'll go do something and I forget about it. You know, (laughs) it's like, it's a regret that you can just kind of let go versus if you regret having a child, like that's, that's there forever you know, yeah, begging you all the time. That's <laughs> such a good distinction, right? Like, cause regret in this choice comes up so much, but yeah, like you were saying with being an only child, you don't know what you don't have. And in this case, not having kids, the regret is, I think in my own view, it would be more of a wonder like, ah, oh, what would that have been like, you know, yeah. but it's not a, oh, my life is crap because I didn't do this thing. And so it is, yeah, I just love that distinction of, okay, there might be moments of regret, but they might be very quick and short and then forgotten and on to the next thing. (laughs) That's exactly. Yeah. I think that's an important distinction. You said the wonder versus the regret. It's different. Yeah. You can choose the wonder instead of regret. Yeah. Whereas if you regretted having a kid, that's, that's there. Like you said. There's no not something there. right. Yeah. And you know, I think the child would feel it totally. So yeah, I feel like that's something that I'm, I'm okay living with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. What shifts have you noticed in yourself and your life as a result of this choice? You know, I feel so liberated. I think that's the first thing that comes to mind. Freedom has always been so important to me. It is probably the most important thing to me. The way that I grew up, my parents were very religious. They were very strict. They were a lot harder on me than they were on my, I don't want to say harder because they were, they were harder on my brothers, but they were stricter with me. Mm. And, you know, I had to be home earlier than them. I had like a nine o'clock curfew my whole life. Oh, wow. (laughs) Sometimes 10 o'clock. If it was like a special event, I never was able to have a boyfriend. I never was able to go on a date. So you know, I knew when it came time for college, I was getting the hell out of there and I was moving away and I was out of there when I was 18. Experiencing that freedom felt so good to me because I had been just constrained by my parents for so long. Unfortunately, in some ways I felt like when I got into dental school, I was feeling those constraints all over again because you're, you know, 
you're in, you're in a small class. There's like 50 to 70 people. And so everything you do is being watched. You have to follow these rules. You have to complete all these requirements. And so it's like, here we are again with all these constraints. And, you know, I rebelled from that in a lot of ways too. And when I was younger, I would rebel against my parents. I would sneak out of the house or I would have parties when they were out of town. So I've always kind of had that like rebel in me. So (laughs) this is another way that I'm kind of like rebelling, I guess, you know, and it's like society is like, you have to do this now. And I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to choose freedom. I am going to choose to focus on my marriage, focus on self-care, focus on being happy. I feel like I dodged a bullet in a lot of ways because I just know that I know it wouldn't have been the right choice for me. In terms of shifts, I feel so empowered to be doing something different and to not, to not be like everybody else, to not follow the script. So it's really just been a nice shift and that I can just kind of do my own thing. It takes a lot of courage. And I do sometimes have moments where it's like, oh, you know, this is tough. And I feel, I feel a little left out. And, you know, I've had moments where friends have said some hurtful things. They'll be talking about their child and they'll say, you know, it'll be like a group of four of us. And they'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, they'll look at me. I'm sorry that we're talking about this and you don't really understand it. And it's like, it's okay if you talk about it around me. I'm still, you're still my friend. I'm still happy about what's going on in your life. I'm curious. I want to know and be included, you know, just because I don't have a child doesn't mean I'm not interested. If anything, I'm more interested in it because I, I have done so much research. Like I, I I can, I can be active in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I really feel like it's been nice to embrace this. And my, my husband has always kind of been a rebel too. He's always kind of gone against the grain as well and done things his own way. And so he's been a good influence on me and that he's kind of like helped me realize that uh, it's okay to not care what people think. It's okay to just like live your life and, and don't worry about other people. Just focus on yourself and, and know yourself. So that that's been really nice. I'm really, yeah. I think we talked about this before, but you know, I've always had this like inner feminist and she kind of went quiet for a while and now she's back. And it's like, I'm really just kind of <laughs> leaning into it. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. And I think there is such a freedom knowing that that is one of your values. It's very important to you. To me, the ultimate freedom is allowing yourself to be yourself and really leaning into that. And it sounds like that has been very much a part of this journey for you as well. Just really embracing who you are and living that out. Yeah. And just understanding that I think, like I've said before, I think it's incredible. If somebody knows they want to have children and they love it, I think that's fantastic. And it is absolutely the right choice for a lot of people, probably most people, but there are those of us who, who see our lives differently. And we see ourselves as more than just a baby making machine, you know, I mean, we can do a lot more. I feel like talking about the patriarchy, that's a whole nother podcast, you know, episode we could go into, but yeah, it's just nice to be able to have the freedom to do some other things with my life and to um, have my life look different than everybody else's. And I think a lot of times, unfortunately, people just get stuck in following this timeline of children and their school schedules and everything revolves around what they're doing. And you lack the ability to 
make your own decisions. It's like, well, we can't go out of town at this time because our kids in school or whatever, you know, and I can't do this with my life because I'm a mom and I don't have time or, you know, and and there are plenty of moms who do it all. Don't get me wrong. And I think that is incredible. I know I can't do it. I I know myself well enough to know that my anxiety is such that I can't do it all and I need my sleep. And so does my husband. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I, I am with you. I know that for myself, I could not do it all. And even thinking back to when you were describing parenthood as a roller coaster with highs and lows and knowing my own mental health with anxiety and whatnot. And for me, finding like the balance and an equilibrium is where I like to stay. That's where I thrive. And it's just interesting to think of parenthood as that roller coaster that mental health can be as well. And choosing in both realms to sort of stay more grounded for me is where I thrive. I've lived the roller coaster in my life in other ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with my upbringing and with school. And so I'm just happy to like, whew, let's like take a breath, enjoy the quiet. <laughs> totally. Oh, yes. <laughs> How is your life different from what you imagined it would be? Well, it is nice, like I said before, to be able to have the freedom to travel. Um, and to kind of make spontaneous decisions. I always just kind of assumed that I would be burning the candle at both ends my whole life. That's just kind of how I've always, I've always been very type A and very just like driven to excel. And after meeting my husband, I've kind of, uh, understood that it's okay to kind of slow down a little bit and it's okay to stop and smell the roses, so to speak. Um, You know, I, I used to be the type of person where I wanted every weekend to have something on my social calendar. I wanted to like always be entertaining and planning all these dinners. And he is more like a homebody and wants to chill and, um, is into like smaller groups of friends. So you have more quality time versus like making small talk with 20 different people at a barbecue, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so I really thank him and that he kind of helped me see that it's, you know, it's okay to slow down. And so my life is very different in that way. I didn't imagine it to be this more kind of relaxed pace. So my brother and I, just to kind of go back to that, we were very close. He was like my hero, my idol. I just like respected and um, loved him so much and watching him on his deathbed and watching him like wither away and die with the cancer. It just changed the way I see life completely. He's on his deathbed and he's sitting there telling me if I ever get out of here, I don't want to go back to work. I want to take some time off. I want to travel. I want to enjoy life. So that made me realize that life is so precious, you know? And ever since that moment, I realized you only get one shot to, to be happy in life with your choices. Life is such a gift. And if I were to have a kid, I know at this point I would be doing it for others. And that's no way to live. You know, Mm. that has just really helped me understand what's really important. And with the pandemic, that also really helped me slow down. I left my job right before the pandemic started thinking I would have like a, you know, two month hiatus maybe. And then that turned into like seven months because everyone was on a hiring freeze. And so, you know, before I was working full time and then once I went back, the job only was offering one day a week. And so then I got a second job. And so I was doing two days a week, sometimes three days. And then now I've gotten to a point where I work two days a week, most of the time, you know, and they're very grueling days because I do have to, you know, commute and get up really early in the morning. And sometimes I'll pick up a third day, but uh, you know, that's different than what I imagined my life to be. I always thought I would just be always working as hard as I could. 
But after that moment with my brother just made me realize there's, there's more to life than just working, 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 you know, like if you're not going to take some time to enjoy the fruits of your labor, then like, what's the point, you know? Yeah. So I think that really plays into it too. I know that if we were to have a child, there would be some incredible moments, but I just feel like I wouldn't be able to just stop and like soak it all up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that, that story with your brother. That is really moving and beautiful. And I'm sure he would be so proud of you for taking that message to heart and really instilling it into your life. And I think that's really beautiful. Thank you. You're giving me goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. That means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. So what have been the hardest aspects of being child-free that you've experienced so far? So again, definitely the pressure from my mom and dad. Uh, When I turned 35, that was when it it started to get really intense and it continued. Um, Like I said, I'm 40, I'll be 41 next month. And I I still have gotten it. I still get it. I, you know, my mom would just kind of drop bombs of like, if I have any kind of problem that I'm going to her with, it would be like, oh, we'll just have a baby. You know, it'll, it'll fix everything. It'll, it'll bring so much joy to your life. And then, you know, anytime we're out with them, she'll be like, oh, look at that beautiful baby. You know, you, you and your husband, you'd have such a beautiful baby. And it really made me put a wall up with her because I feel like every time I kind of let my guard down, I'm worried she's going to bring it up. (laughs) Yeah. Really put a strain on our relationship, which is hard because we used to be super close. She used to be, you know, like one of my, like my best friend. So that's been hard. That relationship changed a lot. And she really, I think is angry with me and kind of just doesn't doesn't understand it. And it's like, what the hell are you guys doing with your life? Like, what do you do with all your time? You know? Right. Um, And I think they just assume that because we don't have kids, we have all this free time. For example, a couple of weekends ago, they were like, can you come um, this weekend and, you know, celebrate your dad's birthday? And it's like, I can't, I'm sorry. You know, we're getting ready for this trip, blah, blah, blah. We can't afford it right now. And they just don't get it. I think they think you guys don't have kids. Why aren't you coming to see us more? You know? Yeah. Um, And a part of it is I don't really feel comfortable going to see them all the time because I don't know if they're going to drop that bomb on me and ask that question. And it's really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I did have a conversation with her earlier this year. I finally just had to say to her, this is our choice. This is why please respect our boundaries and please don't bring it up because it makes me uncomfortable. It makes my husband uncomfortable. I even said to her, like, I want you to still love me. You know, even though I'm making this decision, I I want you to still love me and respect me as your daughter, you know? And, and of course she was like, don't ever say that. You know, I just want you to be happy. Of course I love you. And, And she says that, but then I still have noticed her treating me differently. And, and I still sometimes get, uh, the, those little questions and those hints. Um, yeah. so that's, been really, that's been really, really hard. The other thing that's hard is with my work. I know that pediatric dentists who are parents, if the patient finds out that you have a child, they tend to trust your advice more because they know that you have a kid and you know what it's like, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, and I, and I always heard when I was in residency, like if you have your own child, the parents really will respect your advice more and they'll look at you differently. And so, so that's difficult, you know, and I, and I do get that question from them a lot. And when I tell them, no, we don't have kids they kind of like the, their whole body language changes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so that's hard feeling kind of left out a little bit with friends. Like I talked about going to 
events with our group of friends. And it's like, I know they're going to, to some events, I know they're going to bring their kids and their babies and it just changes the dynamic. You know, it's like, you have to be careful about cussing, you know, you have to be careful about what you do and what you say. And it's just a little bit like, it's not the same, you know, it's like, we can't hang out like we used to. Yeah. Uh, And if I try to plan a trip with friends, they're like, well, can we bring our kids? And how do I say so politely? It's not that kind of trip. Right. That that part's hard. And I do worry that with our friend group, because, you know, there have been a lot of my friends who have started to have kids. Luckily, this friend group is younger than me. And so a lot of them still don't. And there's a couple of them that plan to be child-free, which is really nice. I'm so grateful to have that. Yeah. But there, most of them are just like, we haven't done it yet. We're not ready yet, you know? And so, so that's really hard. All of those things are difficult. And then one more thing about that, that I want to touch on. I feel like one thing that I really don't like is when people are talking about having kids and they say to somebody, I'm not ready. And somebody responds with, well, you'll never be ready. You know, just do it. Just do yes. it. You know? And it's like, now how does that make any sense? You know, like, <laughs> Every other decision I've made in my life, going to dental school, getting married, you know, getting the dog, I I thought all of that through when I weighed the pros and cons, I considered everything. And of course, I always wanted to marry my husband. There was no question there, but you know what I mean? Um, Yeah. And I I decided this is the right thing for me and I'm ready. (laughs) I knew I did it because I knew I was ready. And that messaging, what that says to somebody is don't think this through, just do it. And I think that you should think it through. And I think a lot of people end up being parents that really shouldn't, unfortunately, because they don't think it through because they, they hear this from people where you'll never be ready. Just do it. That really drives me crazy. I wish we could change that. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. I think you're absolutely right. It, the messaging, it doesn't make sense. And it is just kind of like, go ahead and do it. You'll figure it out as you go. Well, maybe you won't. Yeah. Anyways, well said. (laughs) Good point. Glad you feel me on that one. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. So we just touched on some of the hardest moments, What have been some of the best, most unexpected aspects of being child-free. All right. The fun part. (laughs) (laughs) Where do I begin? Um, I would say, you know, being able to sleep. Honestly, I, like I said, my husband, we love our sleep. We wear our like fitness bands that tell us the quality of sleep that we've gotten. We wake up in the morning and it's like, what percentage did you get last (laughs) night? It's like, you know, it's just, I, I really feel a difference when I'm not rested. I'm one of those people. I'm very sensitive to not getting sleep. I love being able to sleep in. I love the ability to travel. Like I talked about, I love the peace of mind of not having to worry about a child, especially in this day and age with all the gun violence is terrifying. I hate it, you know, so not having to worry about that, the ability to work part-time, you know, also my husband doesn't have to work as hard because, you know, we're not having to save up for college. We're not having to spend all this money on, on diapers and everything else. So we can spend our money on other things. And, uh, you know, I I really want to be sensitive to not sounding shallow with what I'm saying here, but it's just the reality of it. Um, And I feel like it allows us to still have some deep, profound experiences, but just in a different way. Like, for example, I know that you and I talked about before possibly retiring early. You couldn't do that if we had kids. We just couldn't. I'm 40 now. If I had a kid now, you know, when I'm 60, the child would be 20. So it's like, I would just now be able to catch my breath. And it's like, I don't even know if I'm going to live that long, you know? Right. There's no way that I could 
but I could retire. I feel like I'd be working forever just to support the child. So if we do retire early, something we've always kind of dreamt about is being able to kind of get off the grid a little bit, maybe move to a foreign country like, you know, Mexico or Costa Rica, or just a place where you just don't need as much, you know, yeah. um, the cost of living is a lot lower. So if we do retire, we could, we could still be okay and maybe open up a burger truck on the beach, be able to give back and, you know, be able to spend more time to help with charities or do community service and just be able to give back and, and be a positive influence in the community just in a different way. And so I feel like that's something that we definitely plan on doing as child-free people. Yes, we are going to be judged, you know, and yes, we are going to have to deal with that from people and know that people are feeling that way about us. But, you know, if we were to have children, we would still have all the toxicity of the mom shaming, you know, Mm. and I don't want to deal with that. And I know that's a real thing, especially with social media. Yeah. One of the best aspects of this lifestyle is not having to deal with that toxicity, not having to go to the PTA meetings or whatever, the play dates and, and deal with with other moms who can be really mean. And I've seen that with my work. I've had moms chew me out and, you know, be really rude to me. And I I know I have empathy for them because I know parenting is so hard that that's why they're acting out that way. You know, um, I'm just happy. I don't have to be any part of that toxicity. I'd rather have people be unspoken about their judgment instead of coming out and being like, well, you're a bad mom because you've done this or you didn't decorate your house for Christmas well enough. Or you did, your elf on the shelf is not elaborate enough or whatever it is. You know? <laughs> I, right. I don't want to participate in that. And I think that makes me really sad. I'm hoping that will go away eventually. Yeah, I hope so too. But you're right. Even with parenthood comes a lot of judgment, even around like how many kids you have can be judged. And it feels like there is no winning. Not that that's, I don't know, that's a silly way to say it, but there is, right. yeah, it's damned just- if you do, you're Damned if you don't. Right, exactly, you know? yeah. exactly. So you might as well make an intentional choice that's right for you. And like you said, just there'll be judgment and it's just part of it. It is, yeah. But I feel like if you can kind of, live this child-free lifestyle, you, you have less exposure to it because you can choose to live a more private life. You know, when it comes to your, if you have a child, let's face it, they're going to want to be involved in activities and we can't choose what activities they're going to want to do there. It's up to them. And so if the child says, I want to go play soccer and they go do that, you inevitably are going to have to hang out with the other parents whose kids are doing the same. And And you're in that way, you're exposing yourself to somebody who might be kind of a jerk, you know, and it's like, you just have less control over who is in your life when you have a kid. You can't control who they're going to be friends with. So you have to be friendly with their parents. Their parents might be terrible, you know? So it's like, I want to pick and choose who I want to include in my life. And we're better able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. Yeah. And I don't want to jinx that. I want to like knock on wood. <laughs> That's so important. Yeah. I think it's, it's important to just protect your mental health in that way. Right. Kelly, as we wrap up, what message would you like to leave our listeners with? So I would say, do not be afraid to go against the grain. It's really important to try to care less about what other people think. Because like we talked about, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So you might as well just make yourself happy. Don't give in to the pressure. I feel like in our society with capitalism and especially in the US, there's such this rat race of like keeping up with the Joneses and feeling like you have to have this status symbol, the house, the car, the kid. 
and that's really not what life is about. You know, like I said, with what happened with my brother, it made me realize that the most important thing is your happiness and to make those who are closest to you happy. And so just don't give into that pressure and, you know, trust your gut, really like take the time to get to know yourself and make a lot of pros and cons lists, have a really long conversation with your partner and really try to like visualize what it looks like. Do your research. I think it's so important to just stop and think, is this really what I want? And I think people should just really sit down and look at every single age of the child and think about all the different stages and don't just like blindly dive in head first. There's kind of like a romanticism around that in our culture, but it's not practical. (laughs) You know, like maybe sometimes like when it comes to falling in love, like, yes, sometimes you got to just like take some risks. And I am into taking risks in life. I, I don't want to put it that way, but I also just really think you need to stop and think about things that you do in life because you only have one life. And this is a decision that uh, is the most permanent of anything you can do. And uh, there's no going back. So just really don't be afraid to go with your gut. And just remember that no matter what your mother-in-law, your mother, your dad says, your sisters, your cousins, whoever, they're not going to be the ones raising the kid. It's going to be you at three in the morning, waking up, (laughs) you know, feeding the child. Like you just really have to remember that it's, it's you and your partner that have to deal with this. And I also just want to say, um, I know there's a lot of talk around selfishness in this Mm. community. I know that comes up a lot and I don't think this decision is, is selfish. I really don't. I think it's, it's more about self-care. It's more about taking care of yourself, you know, and you come into this world alone, you're going to leave alone. And so, you know, it's okay to look out for number one. It's okay to practice self-care and, and that's not selfish. Mm-hmm. And then there's nothing wrong with living this way. You know, you're not doing anyone any harm and people just kind of need to mind their own business, you know? <laughs> yes. Do, you know, I, I try not to judge people on what they do. And I think if people want to have children, that's beautiful and that's wonderful. But, you know, really just uh, at the end of the day, think about what you want. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this was so amazing. I am so grateful to you for coming on, sharing your story. I got goosebumps listening to you talking and I'm just so grateful to know you and to be in this community with you. So yeah, it was an honor to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. It was, um, it just, it's very therapeutic to talk about and I hope it helps somebody, you know, I'm sure it will. I want to continue to be involved in the movement and, um, let's just, you know, keep getting through to people and letting them know it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'll catch you next time. Hey, don't go yet. I have something really exciting to share with you. I created a community for child-free people. That's right, a place for us all to hang out, get to know each other, and become friends. So if you could use some more child-free friends in your life, please come hang out with us. It's like we have our own private social media network. Inside the club, we have weekly virtual meetups via Zoom. We have a community feed with ongoing posts and discussions so we can continue our friendship outside of our virtual meetups. And down the road, we're going to have in-person meetups and take these relationships offline and in-person. So if you want in, head to wnk-club.com. That's wnk as in we're not kidding, dash C-L-U-B dot com. I can't wait to see you in the club.